two sports fanatics, both with some background in MMA, looking to provide some of their thoughts on what goes on in the world of mixed martial arts. A jiu-jitsu practitioner who is not afraid to get her feet up and provide a stellar knockout or get your jits on, teams up with the Fly Guy, a karate kid turned boxer who would enjoy putting you to sleep by embracing your neck. Tie the Fly Guy. Live from your favorite podcast station, it's Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles, Laurel versus Ty, and it starts right now. KTC crew, we are back for episode 19. We are almost done the the year. We got, oh, because we won't be on next week. Happy Thanksgiving, get your jits on. Happy Thanksgiving, Ty Fly Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's are, kind of are interesting. Are you going to eat turkey? Of course I'm going to eat turkey. Oh, yeah. I'm not. What are you going to eat? I have no idea. <laughs> Usually Thanksgiving meals, like the meat is the side dish, but all the other side dishes are like my favorite. Oh yeah. So I have some special recipes that I cook. Okay. And then so it's, it'll be like steak or something. Okay. Or something. Uh, what is your favorite side dish? tough tough to decide I have I have two that I make I make this uh, dish that you layer heavy whipping cream or you layer a thing of sweet potatoes sliced sweet potatoes heavy whipping cream cheese sweet potatoes heavy whipping cream cheese and you bake it and it's just delicious and then I make these rolls with jiffy baking mix, butter, and sour cream. Those are the only three ingredients. They're delicious. Nice. Yes, they're delicious. Delicious. Delish. <laughs> uh, I've got where I was going. But yeah, so that's kind of our lead up. Uh, just a fair warning to everyone that does listen. We will not be back. We will not be back next week because we will be busy celebrating Thanksgiving. And plus, there's no fight card, so there's really no sense in talking about any fights. Nope. Any sense having a podcast if there are no fights. Right. Um, but before we do get started, um, have you noticed this amazing stash I've got right now? I did notice the stash. I also refrained from commenting, but... In my world, which is right now podcast world, mm -hmm. it looks good. Oh, thank I you. It. I dig it. Oh, thank you. Um, don't don't let it drop below your lips, though. Keep it. Uh, we're good. There. We're good. <laughs> um, is it driving you crazy, though? Not right now. Oh, it could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the reason I am kind of growing this mustache is because I have taken part in a group called the Super Stash Brothers. Uh, really? We are doing a thing called Movember. Um, so Movember? Movember. 
Instead of No Shave November, it's Movember. That's right. <laughs> uh, so a group of friends and I are growing our mustaches, working out, hiking, all that good stuff to raise awareness for men's mental health. Uh, oh. Yeah. I, um, I'm going to start tomorrow growing my mustache too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, maybe, but- maybe, maybe I should grow a unibrow. That worked. That worked. So it's an above your eyes mustache instead of a below your nose mustache. Oh, what can we call that? There's gotta be a word <laughs> for that. Um, but if anyone's interested in donating, I actually just heard that we are like less than a hundred dollars from our goal. What? And it only took it took sixteen days. Um, Fantastic. But we will be. I will be posting the fundraiser in the show notes, or you can check out the podcast Twitter page tomorrow. I've, I've also posted on my Twitter page, so if you want to take a look at it. You're more than welcome to. But there's yeah. one thing One thing I do need to do is get rid of the beard, because that part's getting annoying. Really? Oh, yeah. It's hardly there, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thing is, if I let it grow too long, yeah. that's where we run into some issues. Um, but now that we've talked about Thanksgiving and stashes, let's get right into it. We are going to cover UFC Vegas 32. We're going to give our predictions for UFC Vegas 43. And we're going to go over some MMA news, um, a little bit of Bellator, a little bit of boxing, and a couple other things that just might be on our minds tonight. Randomness. <laughs> so let's get to it. Um, UFC Vegas 42. I actually have to give this card, I'd say a solid A minus. Solid, yeah. I'd agree. There was a couple surprises in there that I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. And mo- I think all but, I think all but two or three of the fights um were finishes yeah 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 so good card very good card um so we start off with uh which one are we starting off with oh song Yudong defeating julia julio arce via tko in the second round i thought this can be very evenly matched up and it found it very interesting that Yudong really, I think, I want to say it was a little evenly matched up until Yudong, (laughs) the name we all love to say, uh, through that head kick and just completely stunned Arce. And once the head kick landed, that was the end of it. It was good stuff. So I have a question because I just don't know. Why is it that when, you know, they have the fighters' last names at the bottom? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've been saying Song Yadong, but on the bottom of his, it said Song. Is that something like a cultural thing? I think that's a cultural thing for the Chinese fighters. Okay. Okay. 
because if you, I think you notice, um, uh, like for Zhang Wei Li, right? Um, it has Zhang down there instead of Wei Li. Oh, okay. Maybe someone can let me know why. It, it's just cultural. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel I mean, like I can accept that too. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know if it was some sort of language difference. You know what I mean? Like how they, but. Yeah, because I know with the, um, I know in China, it's actually, so like for, uh, the, for us in America and probably some other countries, we see it as like, let's take Zhang Weili, for example, we see it as Zhang Weili, but in China, it's actually written out as Weili Zhang. Oh, okay. Okay. So it, I want to say it's a cultural thing in like the in China, and I think I want to say Korea does it too. Hmm. But definitely something to research and get back to you on the next podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but good fight. Um, I think Song Gong can be a rising star at Bantamweight. I think he came into this. I think he was ranked or maybe he wasn't ranked but he should be in the rankings um and so to see if he can move on up hopefully get to the top 10 of the bantamweight division and then that's where things get very interesting because he's also very young i think 23 mm-hmm. years old so right right yeah he upped his game a little bit i was in i was impressed on his fighting style and you know i i think that uh of course, you never anticipate it when you're going to get uh, struck down, but right. um, ours had a decent fight, too. It was just not enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, it just it, all it takes one shot, yes, one opportunity. It <laughs> yes, it does. So mm-hmm. moving on to our next fights, um, Chaos Williams defeating Miguel Beza be a knockout in the third round and let me just say that I called it I did too oh yeah oh yeah 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 the knockout in the third round I that dude is an animal oh yeah he's one of those mindsets that I'm gonna kill everybody but he doesn't (laughs) say it (laughs) no he doesn't say it Uh, (laughs) um Yeah, he unleashed like this. So the first two rounds were like, I, I felt like it was more of like they were both feeling each other out because there was, it didn't seem like there was a lot going on. Right. And then just out of nowhere, I guess he might, I guess he found his weakness after like studying him for 10 minutes of a fight and then just <laughs> bam, like knocked him out cold. Right. Um, right. The stats showed that it was one-way traffic for Chaos Williams, but I think overall it was fairly close up until that point. Right, um, yeah. yeah. Beza um, had five. For some reason, he didn't have a whole lot of control time, yet he had he tried to submit him five times. So it was something there for him. It just never finished off. Well, Williams is just a big dude dipping down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that he is. Um, so 
I'm interested to see what happens to Chaos Williams from, from this point. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can just keep improving, he's another one of those prospects that you're like, you got to watch out for this. Yeah. Impressive fight. Um, next up, we have Felicia Spencer defeating Leah Lepton via TKO. Um, right as the third round was about to end. And and I, I kind of get bragging right to this one because I did gain one game on you on this one. <laughs> Notice I didn't go on the official podcast Twitter page though and and tout my <laughs> tout my win. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta remember the next time you get a win to change that up a little bit. It's like, oh look at this. Yeah, no, don't. It, it's okay. I um, I I thought you know Lepton would look a little bit better, but um, she just didn't. And Spencer, she's I wasn't even mad. That was a good fight. Mm-hmm. So good, good stuff. Yeah. Um, I felt like being away from the sport for three years just because of various things like yeah. it was going to be a bit of an issue for Letson and I mean I know Spencer hasn't fought in since uh, I think she did fight early 2021 but I can't remember off the top of my head mm-hmm. um, but she definitely dominated the whole fight I was looking at the stats and Felicia Spencer had a control time of 11 minutes and 58 seconds brutal yeah that's basically the entire fight <laughs> um and she threw 227 strikes um i can remember i know let's in through like less than like pretty fairly i feel like she didn't really throw anything at all by if we're being real honest um yeah i just felt i felt like she forgot everything that she knew mm-hmm. i mean she couldn't get off the the re- the cage to to save her life Mm-mm. and she wasn't even trying to do the right technique to, to get off the cage right um, just Spencer bullied her every which way and and she deserved to win Letson just didn't Letson got in there and forgot what she was there for right so yeah it was bad. Very, very bad. <laughs> like, yeah, I can watch something else because I know how this is going to go. But I didn't, unlike Dana White. Oh. Let's throw that out there. Burn. burn. Yeah, so some burn, some shade, anything, anything you just want to let it all out, Laurel. Let it all out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just throw it all out there because, I mean, it, oh, you know what you could, and I wish I had thought of this beforehand, but we could call Dana White a casual for missing that women's fight two weeks ago, a week ago. Casual viewer. Yeah. The casual viewer has spoken. Oh, no. I didn't mean to get that. Okay. There we go. Okay. Okay. So, 
Next up, we had Marcos Rog. Let's see if I read this right. Rogerio de Lima. Yeah, defeating Ben Rockwell 32 seconds in the first round. <laughs> Most disappointing match of the night. Yeah. It's weird because, so at that point, I had to go feed my dogs. So I went downstairs to do it. I brought my phone so I could still watch the fight. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, the foods are cleaned down. I'm making sure they're both under control. Right. I, I go to put the fight on my phone and they're already at the um, post-fight yeah. octagon interview. I'm like, what, what happened? <laughs> like, I, I wasn't gone that long. What happened was Rothwell didn't protect his face. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's our that's one of our golden rules here. You gotta protect us, protect that face. I know it. And I I was just disappointed because Rothwell, I think, is an exciting uh, fighter for his size, has a lot of has, you know, we talked about his good ground game. He's really busy, good punches and combinations and you just don't see that with the heavyweights very often. It's more of a boxing bloodbath. And so the fact that he didn't get to showcase any of those skills eh, was kind of disappointing to me. But then again, I love a good knockout. So yeah, do your thing. <laughs> um, I did get to see, uh, I did go back and watch the highlights, highlights of it, even though it was like less than 40 seconds long. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Delima threw a punch that wobb- wobbled Rothwell just 15 seconds in and then just unleashed a flurry. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I was a little confused about is that Herb Dean stepped in to stop it, and then Rothwell apparently continued and he just stood there, and then he stepped back in to stop the fight. Like, um, either stop the fight or back off. Like, mm-hmm. well, I I'd have to go look again, but recently, and I didn't notice it until another fellow Twitter person pointed it out, but Herb Dean has been out of position in some of those fights. So I don't know if that's what it was or if he was uncertain that Ben Rothwell was knocked out, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that could be the case. I don't know. Um, so. We'll see what happens with both guys. I was definitely a shocker, but it was also like, hmm, mm. yeah. Right. Um, so now we get to the main event, which is the most exciting fight on the card. Made up for made up for Rothwell. <laughs> uh, Max Holloway defeating Yair Rodriguez via unanimous decision. One judge had it 49-46. And the other two judges had it 48-47. I think I had it 49-46, but definitely it was a quick start from Yair Rodriguez, um, but Holloway found his groove and was able to unleash that best boxer in the UFC stuff that he always has. Yeah, that was, uh, I think Rodriguez surprised everybody um, on, on Saturday night. Um, he was just a brawler, but he just doesn't didn't have enough. Max Holloway just kind of we knew that he had the the talent to win here. We knew that he was 
the better, quicker, accurate, or more accurate striker. And I think that watching Rodriguez's highlight videos compared to the fight, he definitely stepped up his game. And it was valiant effort. And I know a loss is a loss, but you, no one, I think, expected that those two to go five rounds. And Rodriguez is, looked pretty damaged, but Holloway looked just as damaged. So that tells you something about the quality of the, the strikes that were landing. And, right. and um, yeah, it was it was a good fight oh yeah uh, that would be something that you might suspect to be um rematch worthy in the in the future just just the way those two brawled it out like that right so um and you definitely have to take into consideration that you Rodriguez, this was his first fight in two years mm -hmm. so. yeah i mean it was impressive. I think the dude is is really impressive. Even after a two year layoff, I was I was happy for him and the way he performed. Agreed. Yeah. But man, the question is what to do with how do you match make both of these guys? Um, I know a lot of people have said Javier Rodriguez face off against Brian Ortega, which makes sense because that would be a fun fight to watch. Mm -hmm. But with Holloway. Do you give him the third Alex Volkanovsky fight? I would just suspect that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, who else is there for Holloway to, to beat right now that he hasn't? You know who we could throw in there? Rotten stuff, the TV yeah. intimidator, <laughs> the um, the guy who, oh, what's it was doing his like walk and walk back and forth in between his from his TV trying to pretend he's fighting Holloway like <laughs> this the TV stare down <laughs> the TV stare down yeah yeah sure. um, I mean, that could also be an option because Holloway has fought in before at 155 and there's really, I mean, with the consensus that we know Oliveira, Oliveira and Poirier are fighting for the title and Gaethje's prop more than likely going to get the winner of that fight. Mm -hmm. So if, I'm trying to see who else is up there. Um, yeah. I, my preference would be that everyone ignore Conor McGregor and he never gets a fight again because no one will fight him. That might but be a little... I know that's not going to happen. Yeah, because the next person that's going to fight him is going to get paid a lot. Yeah. You could even throw, um, oh, who's that little guy? Um, Habusla, I think his name is. Didn't throw him in there. Have him fight Connor. I think that Tyson Fury should fight Connor McGregor. Oh, Fury would wipe the floor with him. I know. I, I pay good money to see it. 
I know. I'd I'd pay for you that shit. <laughs> Tyson Fury versus Conor McGregor in a boxing match. Oh, by the way, Tyson Fury is 120 pounds bigger. No. Oh, wait, yeah, about 110 pounds bigger than Conor McGregor. Maybe, maybe that Conor's reached the point where he should just fight Jake Paul. <laughs> popular. That would be something to see, honestly. Like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like, like, it would just be, it'd be like, just, here's a blank check, whatever you want, basically is how that fight would go. And like, let's just do this for fun. Hmm. But, I mean, we'll see what happens with Holloway. I feel like, especially after that, um, I feel like, could he beat Alex Volkanovski? Yeah, like he was close in the first two fights. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's very tricky. I think that if you are planning like a trilogy for fighters and one fighter loses the first two, then it's just an automatic no-go for the third one. Yeah. You can't redeem yourself after you get knocked out twice. Right. Or That's lose true. twice. So. Yeah. Yeah, trilogies. Yeah, I feel like trilogies are only you only good if it's one-one. Right. Um, although technically, when Davidson Figueroa and Brandon Moreno end up fighting, it's technically it'll technically be Moreno with one win, Figgy with zero wins and one tie. Oh yeah. Well, but I trilogies just, are <laughs> trilogies are another story for another time. Um. Would you like to update, or could you update our listeners with the records of us both so far? Yeah, yeah. So the current record, uh, Todd, you have 14, and you're 14 and 16, and I am 17 and 15. All right. Now, with that being said, I feel like we might have some differences on this next fight card. Yeah, I think so too. This one was very tricky for me. It was tricky. It is a couple people that haven't fought for a while. Um, a lot of different fighting styles mm-hmm. uh, that, that I noticed. So that would be interesting. Some of them, um, you can talk about the things they do more in in the ring and one person i couldn't even find a highlight video of oh wow (laughs) yikes i was like "Eh." (laughs) um before we do make our picks i do want to put in a fighter of note that's going to be on the prelims um loopy godnin god sorry loopy godnez we'll call loopy yeah um, she's going to be fighting for a third time in 43 days. Wow. Did she not get hurt the other two times she fought? Um, her first one was a quick, I think she subbed in the first round. Mm. And then so she fought someone the next week and it went to a unanimous 
it went to a decision. Huh. Um, but this was back in October. So I'm assuming she was healthy enough and didn't get a medical suspension at all. She's actually going into face. Um, the only reason she's facing uh, Luma Lukumimi. I'm sorry if I butchered that. The only reason she's in that fight is because Cheyenne Bays was supposed to be fighting. She actually was supposed to be the co-main event oh. for this card. But Bays, I mm-hmm. believe it was about a week ago, tested positive for the Rona. So yeah. <laughs> so she's out. And actually, Bays does have another fight in, I think, December 4th. So mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving. So she will be back against a different opponent and we'll get to see if Luffy can make it two wins out of three in 43 days. Do it, do it. <laughs> but with that said, you want to kick us off with the first fight on the main card for this UFC Vegas 43? We have a uh, Daisy Grant versus Adrian Yanez. Uh, both fighters are pretty comparable. Um, Adrian Adrian Yanez. He the thing that I noticed about him was equal quickness and strength in and accuracy in his hooks. He's kind of more of a, a stand-up guy, a lot of, lot of boxing to his fight style. He's going up against Davy Grant, who uh, beat Vera, right? Yes. And uh, Marlon Vera, and real active guy. He throws legs, bodies, and headshots, has a really good ground game. I think for him... He should, um, pending those quick, accurate, nasty hooks that Adrian Yanez has, Davey per- should probably use his kicks to keep keep distance and then just um, capitalize on on the ground game and right. and body shots. So I actually am picking Davey Grant to win. I think that he, I think they're both aggressive fighters. I think that Adrian Yanez just doesn't have, he's just doesn't have a well-rounded ground game or a well-rounded game. He's kind of a one-two, one-two puncher. I don't know. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, this is definitely a great matchup. And I agree with you, Grant is very well-rounded. Adrian Yanez, to me is a knockout machine because every time I've seen him fight, he has pretty much gone in there, knocked someone out and gotten out. Uh, right. Last four fights have ended in KO. Um, Grant is probably one of the more, I feel like it's, he's more of a like, not so much a wrestler, I guess more of a grappler. Like he likes, mm-hmm. he likes it when it goes to the ground and Giannis likes to keep it standing up um yeah i think i read yeah. their average fight times like adrian is five five minutes and davy's 11 so mm-hmm. you know that's something that 
is maybe a little bit concerning. The, the fact that it takes Davy a little bit more time to win uh -huh. gives Adrienne a lot more chances to win. Right. Excuse um, me. But with that said, you probably are correct because right, right off the bat, we are picking differently. I am going with Adrian Giannis in this fight. Mm -hmm. I figured so. <laughs> Um, next up, we have Joanne Wood, not Calderwood, facing Talia Santos. I did my notes this morning, and they had mentioned on the broadcast, I think last week, like, I was looking, like, who is Joanne Wood? Like, I, like, and it didn't click. It's like, <clears throat> is that Calderwood? Um, but I, First, want to send out a congratu congratulations to her because I think it was Halloween weekend. She ended up getting married to her, I want to say it's her head coach. Um, oh my gosh, his name slips. It can't be Joe Wood. That'd be crazy if it was Joe Wood. I should look this up real quick because I have the power of the internet. John Wood. I knew it was a J. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently she had just recently posted wedding her wedding photos on Instagram. So the fact that the fact that she has been training for a fight and yet and yet got married. <laughs> in the middle of her um of her camp is actually really impressive it's amazing the things that we can talk about though when we're rolling with jujitsu and and boxing and everything mm -hmm. i mean if you have good good cardio and good strength you can talk about all sorts of things while you're doing it right <laughs> um Excuse me. Um, so this one's going to be very interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Santos has really climbed up in the rankings. I still am not a fan of her because she beat up Jillian Robinson, and I have not forgiven her for that. <laughs> um, why she did? Because she's a savage. Mm -hmm. like she is lethal. Oh, yeah. She's got like she's got like sneaky good um strength um i'm not i don't remember how her ground game is but her striking is top notch yeah. um the or geez i keep wanting to say call the wood uh it's just gonna be so weird just saying wood now <laughs> um joanne will go that joanne um she's she's a really good well-rounded fighter i just don't see a situation in which she gets this win like she was so 
like I feel bad for her because she was so close to a title shot and it was snatched away by Jennifer Maya and she hasn't really been the same since um with that said I'm going to pick Talia Santos to win this fight and I think how do I have it I have a decision yeah I I had also picked uh Santos to win this I think that their fighting styles are a little different, but I think that Santos is definitely more of an aggressor and uh, just really good overall striker. Very look, looks very accurate to me, and um, I just think that it'll probably come down to a decision. I'm thinking, and Santos will win if it comes down to the judges. Right. Yeah. Want to cover? You want to start our next one? Yeah. So, welcome to the world of names I can't pronounce, but um, <laughs> right? Rani Yaha and Kyung Hokong. I don't know if that's right, but uh, these guys are two really strong grapplers, and it's just going to be really interesting to see what they decide to do in this whole three round fight. I think um, Kyung is a little bit better of the two when watching his, his grappling film. Um, but the thing, the thing of it is, is when you get down on the ground for when you're, when you're grappling, uh, it's just who makes the least mistakes, uh, mental errors in that. Now, I do think that Kyung is a little bit more active on the ground. And if it goes even the three rounds without a submission, I think that he'll win just by default um, if, if, he, if he comes into the ring the same as his other fights. But I do have um, Kyung to win. I think that Yah Yah is is a tough tough dude, and I struggled with the pick here, but I'm going Kyung because I just think it's I just think he's got a leg up. Right. Um. Yeah. This is to me probably the most even fight on the card. I mm-hmm. think what Kang has an advantage of is his reach a full half a foot inch reach on <laughs> Yaha Yahoya. See, it's, the, it's a name that's challenging to pronounce and I'm probably going to drill it in my head when I watch this, watch this fight this weekend. Um, next time. Yeah. Um, Yaha has wait, Yaha Yaya. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, has a solid submission game. He averages nearly two submissions every fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of with you, like the grappling is going to make a difference. And I think the reach is probably going to help uh, Young Ho Kang a little bit. And so with that said, actually, I have him winning it. Um, I had it. I wrote down TKO third round, but I think I'm going to change it to decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 
I think that uh, when grappling, reach does matter, but a lot of grappling is based on, or I find that when I'm rolling in jujitsu, leg length makes a bigger difference than than arm length um, or even body length, just being having the ability to to uh, control the upper body. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that'll make a difference in this round. I tend to agree with you that it will. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. This should be kind of a, a good matchup for the wrestler guys. The uh, We might hear booing on this one because we know how our UFC crybabies like the like the beatings right <laughs> don't necessarily respect the ground game so yeah we'll see. the ground game is essential to winning game, uh fight sometimes but they title it as really boring because i guess i guess it's because most fighters don't really do a whole lot on well okay sorry not most fighters there are some fighters out there that don't do a whole lot when they're on the ground mostly because maybe they weren't trained there or they weren't they're not as as comfortable, right? Um, but some of the more dominant ones that can control on the ground, I think it's more of like a let's just see where things go and right if we can do anything with it, right? Right. Um, and on that note, uh, our co-main event is an interesting one: um, Michael Chiesa versus Sean Brady. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I got to meet Michael Chiesa once. Oh, yeah? Met him at um, a UFC event in Philadelphia. Cool. The, oh, I need to change the picture because so I have this kind of like a running, not, not much of a running joke, but kind of like a superstition. Um, every time I switch my Twitter profile picture to the face-off of being Chiesa, he has won every fight except for oh. his last, except for his last one. Oh shoot! Um, but he was going against Vicente Luque. I, I thought we, he was going to win that one, and yeah. Vicente Luque just switched up out of nowhere and was able to submit him. Um, so I'm going to have to remember the probably after this podcast I'm gonna switch it over. But Kiesa is a top ten welterweight. He's definitely one of my favorite fighters. Um, is the re- I feel like the reach and submission is going to be because Kiesa has a little bit of a reach on Brady, but Brady is undefeated, very dangerous guy from the mean streets of Philadelphia. Um, this game, this is probably going to be, I could see this one being fight of the night because it's going to be very entertaining and Kiesa being the well-rounded um, ultimate fighter veteran against a undefeated prospect that could make some noise in the welterweight division. But here, I think the veteran beats the prospect. And so with that said, I have Michael Chiesa winning this fight. And I think it's going to go to decision, although I could see either one of these men finishing the fight. Yeah, I actually have Michael Chiesa winning this fight as well. I think that he is is aggressive enough to keep keep up with Sean Brady 
Um, I, I think Michael Chiesa has a good ground game. The, the one thing that, that I don't know, I bothers me isn't the right word, but Sean, Sean Brady, I think relies on brute strength rather than technique. Sometimes it looks like, and even though he has decent technique, um, I just don't think that he is as well-rounded and, and I always think that, that when you're going up, up against someone that is a, more of a boxer type guy, um, you increase your odds to win if, if you can get takedowns because that eliminates you blocking things with your face. Right. And so that's, that's why I'm picking Michael Chiesa. I think that his uh, last fight was, was a great fight. He was, he hung in there. Um, I just think he has better skills. I think he has a better skill set. And I think that Sean Brady has, his competition hasn't been that stiff. That's a good way to look at it because now I'm thinking about it. I don't I think this is like the first like real opponent he has faced since he joined the UFC. Not not an opponent like Michael Chiesa. Right. I, I just don't think that he's faced a guy like that, and I think that'll that'll come back. Right. To haunt him. Yeah. Um. Since our main event, um is a female or is about featuring two females i will let you start it off oh my gosh well this is a matchup with two uh women that have in my mind very different fighting styles mm-hmm. uh, i felt like ketlin is a very methodical fighter, weaves her way in and out, trying to find the holes in somebody's game. I think Misha Tate is kind of super aggressive, um, sometimes to a fault. And um, that, that could be a trap that Ketlin lures her into. I am not sure who I'm picking as of this moment. I think that Misha Tate is a badass, but I see Ketlin giving her a a challenge and uh, maybe avoiding the brunt of Misha's uh, strikes. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of leaning towards Ketlin. I think that's a little bit dangerous, but I I guess I'm unsure. I have to pick (laughs) it for you because I just can't pick because you picked, but I I would like actually to see Ketlin win this one. I think that she's fierce enough to do it and I don't see Misha taking her down to to that extent 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm probably picking Ketlin to win this one. Okay. It's, it's just a hunch. It's probably going to be wrong, but no. it's a it's a hunch. I could definitely see it coming. Um, for my thoughts on this, like this was just another one that was just way too close. Um, yeah. Ketlin Vieira looked unstoppable until she ran into Irene Aldana. Um, mm -hmm. And I think she still has the skill set to challenge for the championship at some point in her career. But it's, I think it's going to have to start here because right. one, one thing I've noticed with Ketlin Vieira is that she's not as active. Um, she really, ever since Ever since really coming to the UFC, um, she's really only fought in once a year. Mm -hmm. And I think that could end up being a issue. I mean, I understand that the women's bantamweight division is not as deep as it was in the past. But she has a slight, I think if she beats Misha Tate, that's going to be a big name on her like that's a pioneer of the sport that she will be and yeah. I think she's got to run with it and start being more active if she wants to challenge for the championship at some point um Misha Tate is looking to resume her comeback tour she had a really good victory over Marion Renault this mm -hmm. is probably gonna be her toughest test in a long time because while she has faced tough competition like Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, and Amanda Nunes, to name a few. Um, yeah. In, I mean, Ketlin Vieira is not any of these pioneers or a champion, but she's definitely very dangerous, especially, I feel like Vieira is very well-rounded in a sense, like she can knock you out, but she can also take you to the ground and punish you there. Mm -hmm. um, but Misha Tate is also very strong on the ground. That's pretty much what she's known for. She's known for wrestling, but she has, there's some kind of, I wouldn't say knockout power, but she can like surprise you. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen Misha Tate knock anyone out though, at least as far as, as long as I've been watching this. Right. <sighs> this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, just pick Misha. You know you want to pick Misha. <laughs> uh, well, I actually was I was going back and forth. I think ultimately I just went with the fighter that I think has the more experience and more. And I think I'm fairly certain that Ketlin Vera's never been in a five-round fight before. And so this is going to be a real test to see how well her stamina and her cardio can hold up and I think Misha Tate has that edge over her so I actually have this fight going to decision and I think the fact that it goes to these later rounds is going to be more of a uptick of an advantage to Misha Tate and so I do have Misha Tate winning it I think it is going to be a very close decision yeah well We'll have to see. I 
I went back and forth this afternoon and watched some of the highlights again. And I just feel like to go all out and be that aggressive is hazardous. Um, but but then again um yeah it could catch ketlin off guard and she may not pick up the pace and then she loses so i don't i don't know i don't know right. So that concludes our UFC Vegas 43 um, predictions. So two, I think for the first time in a while, we have more than one that is different. Yeah. Well, so I'm trying two, to get you to catch up. <laughs> kind of put me in the dust. <laughs> no. I'm not confident about any of my picks on this one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to pull. Oh, wow, that was fast. Oh, hold on, here we go. So, ready to get into our final round of MMA news? Yes, please. All right, so, there was more than UFC this past weekend. The day before UFC Vegas 42, we had Bellator 271, which featured the, there were actually a couple of fighters that, um, at least I know I knew on the card, but one of the ones was probably one, if, let's just say if Amanda Nunes wasn't the GOATs, this lady would be a close, would be right there. Actually, she was there until Amanda knocked her out. And that is Chris Cyborg. Um, she successfully defended her. Oh my gosh, her featherweight belt. I keep wanting to say Bantamweight, but no, she is too big for Bantamweight. Um, she and it, is a monster. Oh yeah. Did you happen to see that knockout? I did. I, I couldn't resist. Well, I was flipping through and then it was like, oh, Bellator's on. And so I, I watched some of it but i want i happened to hit her fight and she just man yeah she's impressive i hope she's living it up in bellator oh i'm pretty sure she is yeah i mean i'm just watching it i'm just watching it right now it's like you i think what most fighters just fail to do against cyborg is that they get in too close and that's just where she that's where her strength is, is that if you're too close to her she can get these short like one two three four combos and you're flat on your ass yeah and it's it's uh she her body shots are damaging <laughs> i mm -hmm. mean oh, i like watching her fight she's great oh yeah um apparent so everyone's asking who's next for cyborg who's going to be the and it's weird because we what's the word we titled the fighters that fight amanda nunez and valentina shevchenko sacrificial lamb and yeah. i guess cyborg is in i guess kind of that category but apparently there is a bit of the might be a little bit of a feud going on in bellator between chris cyborg and kat zingano really yeah um 
I think like the last, her last two victories, this one and then her last one, Cyborg has been calling out Kat Zingano to fight her. Like she wants to fight her and Kat Zingano is all for it. That'd be a great fight. Mm-hmm. They're like <laughs> the the Everlast bunnies. They're like the batteries. Yeah. <laughs> They're um, great. That'd be a great fight. Yeah, I think, and I think that probably is the one that makes the most sense because Kat's been, I mean, I know she, her, she had a really successful time in the UFC up until her loss to Ronda Rousey and then just things kind of started going downhill. And of course we know the story of the whole hurt between her and Halle Berry. Um, oh, speaking of which, I totally forgot to mention it. Uh, did you see that Halle Berry put the belt on Rose Namajunas after that, after her victory? That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Rose was like starstruck too. It was funny. I can't believe that slipped from my mind when we talked two episodes ago. But well, I mean, Halle Berry's not a fighter. Yeah. So, but um, as of yesterday, Kat Zingano posted a photo and says, send location and tagged Chris Cyborg and the Bellator. Um, Twitter. So that's going to be interesting. Um, it, it actually, the what will make it so interesting too. Um, I'm trying to think of the word is. So Cyborg is more of a striker, and Zingano has been known for her ground game. And so that'd be. I know a lot of people are going to say that Cyborg's going to dominate that one, but. I don't think so. I mean, if you watch that fight with Misha Tate, Kat stood in there and and they both boxed the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I know they're each known for something, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't up, up that, um, up your boxing style if you're if uh, you're known for your ground game. Right. Fun little fact now that you mentioned that, Katz and Gano vs. Misha Tate was the first UFC fight I ever watched. Whoa. I was was at a bar in my college town. We were apparently bar hopping for a friend's birthday party and it happened to be on TV. So I was like, everyone's like doing their own thing. I'm like, I just got, pulled into it and it's like just watching it and watching cat unleash all those knees to Misha's face was like oh my gosh this is awesome yeah the first round of that was kind of sloppy mm, yep <laughs> but it got better as it went yeah. yeah good thing too um where was I going off that so I think cyborg versus cat would be a great next fight for the champion and it could be Kat's her big chance to make a statement and hopefully get gold wrapped around her waist it also would be a great success story for Kat especially with all that she's been through in her life 
Yeah. So, um, but there was one other fight that happens that I didn't watch it, but it caught my attention because it was going all over Twitter. Um, Valerie Lareda um, was on and she's like, she's this big superstar in belt. She, and I hate, I hate doing the whole comparison thing, but to me, she is Bellator's version of what Paige Van Zant was for the UFC. Uh-huh. Um, so apparently she defeated Taylor Turner via split decision. And I'm at, oh, let me make sure I've got the right screen. Oh, oh it actually already. Oh, too much. <laughs> um, so it was a close fight. Apparently it could have gone either way. Um, but one of the cool things about um, some of these fighters when they win, um, and I'm pretty sure you've seen this, like I know, um, oh gosh, who was it? Tyron Woodley, when he beat, um, oh, who was it? Darren Till mm-hmm. via his um, submission, he was awarded his black belt. Uh, Apparently, Laredo winning her fight by split decision gave her a black belt. But I mean, good for her, but I feel like that'd be more of something that you would win if you beat someone by submission or you dominate and you're like that close. But I mean, it's her gym. I'm not going to say much about it. But the one thing that stood out to me, and I'm going to show you here in a moment, um, As I said, the fight could have gone either way, but apparently, oops, I I can't do this right. Um, Ketlin. With the mustache. Yeah, the mustache is throwing me off. (laughs) (laughs) Valerie the Raider decided to provide her signature dance, in a sense. I'm just going to show it because there are no words for it. A lot of footwork, and here's, well, the other footwork she's known for. But, John, we've said it ad nauseum. Got all this energy at the end of a <laughs> I mean, I mean. Why would you do that? Right. I don't like that. I call, I, I call this, I'm going to put this under the category super unnecessary. Super unnecessary. You know, one of the reasons that I like Amanda Nunez is because she doesn't do that shit. Yep. I don't think you see really any UFC fighters pull that off. No, not at all. And you can... Maybe, though, maybe she could go over to... What was that? Poland? (laughs) I mean... She could be a good fit in there. Yeah, just get a dildo and you're set. <laughs> Yikes. But yeah, it, it was just so unnecessary. Like, imagine doing that and you end up losing the fight. Now, how much of an idiot do you look? But her OnlyFans website is doing really well, probably. <laughs> So she wins either way. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> um, but 
good for her that she was able to pull off the victory. Just wait until, I would say wait until after the scorecards are called out and your hand is raised for to do something like that. But I mean, Valentina, even Valentina, and I'm not the biggest Valentina fan, but I, I prefer Valentina's dance over that yeah. dance that I saw. But at least Valentina's is classier. Yeah. Um, so that covers Bell Tour. I know there was more that happened there, but uh, I really should start watching a little bit more of it. But that will be for another podcast. But if we don't get to talk about this a lot, we have boxing this weekend right after the main events of for Ketlin versus Misha. This is going to be a wild weekend. Mm-hmm. Wild. And I can't wait to watch boxing. Yeah. Um, Terrence Crawford is going to be defending his WBO welterweight title versus Sean Porter. Um, I hear bud, Terrence Crawford. But, but, but. Crawford is the name that you and Gio mentioned, right? Yep. I was like, oh, like, I'm definitely going to, I'll definitely tune into this one. I I definitely want to try to get more into boxing. I think I might have mentioned that a couple episodes ago, but I think this will be a perfect opportunity to get into some real boxing. None of that Jake Paul shit. <laughs> shit is right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. I want Bud to win so bad, of course just because not just because he's he's a nebraska native and he does a lot for his omaha community but mm. man he is such a neat all-around guy with a neat story and and uh he just doesn't get enough enough credit mm. in his state for for who he is right but yeah, it'll be it'll be awesome. This Let's podcast, do it. <laughs> this podcast is now a Terrence Crawford stan account. Yes, please. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'll be watching. I was kind of bummed out because I heard it was on pay per view. So I'm like, I gotta figure out a way to watch it. Uh, oh wait, it's not UFC, so Dana White can't. Yeah. I know. Um, There's ways. There are ways, and I'm gonna find. I'm gonna discover those ways again. <laughs> if uh-huh. you could make it through the wall, the the war of the pop ups, then you can watch. <laughs> that that is a war. <laughs> uh, that that that's just a war on its own. Like, ooh, yeah, goodness, it's incredible. <laughs> um. So the last bit of news that I have. And we have to, the only way, this is like a perfect segue into it because it involves the man I'm about to throw in here. This is the life that now in the UC smash everybody, take the bonus and they cocos nuts. Yes, we have Hamzat Shamayev news. Um. According to a Swedish MMA source, frontkick.online, 
interesting. Hamza Chemayev might start, might kick off the new year because it is rumored that he's going to be fighting, that he is going to be fighting Gilbert Burns. Oh, man, don't torture me (laughs) by making me wait. Right. (laughs) Gosh, dang. Who am I going to pick? Right. Oh. Like, uh, so it's, I know it's not official yet. Both men are, according to sources, are very interested in this fight. But that fight, that fight could determine the next title challenger for Kamara Usman. That is going to be the bomb diggity. I don't even know who I'm going to pick, though. Who am I going to pick? I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to pick either. I got to start thinking about these things in advance. Well, we've got two months. If it, if they are going to have it in January, we've got two months mm. to think about it. It's not enough time. <laughs> yeah, the ho- by the time the holidays are passed and then it becomes official, we're like, oh, now we got to make this pick. Man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but keep an eye out for that. And hopefully... They didn't say what card that was going to be on, but I feel like that'd be a good one to have as the featured fight. That either would be a good way to kick off the 2022 year is by having Shamaya versus Burns as the main event for a UFC fight night card, or you could put that one as the fight right before the two title fights at UFC 270. Mm. you could put them as the co-main event of an all-women's card you could (laughs) that way it's not pay-per-view ah that's true yeah no (laughs) offense to the ladies i like the way you think oh yeah Hey, it's 11.11. At least here it's 11.11. Oh my gosh, it's way past my bedtime. (laughs) So because it's past both our bedtimes, I think that is all we have for today. I think so. If you want to entertain yourself, you should watch Conor McGregor stare down his TV set while recording himself with no shirt on for effect. Right. Personally, I kind of wanted him to ram his head through the TV, but he did not give me that satisfaction. Uh, I kind of wonder how, I think her, his wife's name is E. how he, I don't, I don't even know if it's his wife, I think it's fiance or something like that, how she puts up with him. But I think it might be fast cash. Fast cash. <laughs> um, but before we both end up passing out and having like two hours of it, this recording, us just snoring. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like I forgot to push the button, like, oh, but you can, I'm sorry, let me try that again. Any questions, voice questions, y'all slacked on that. And so I'm coming for you. Uh, but any of those questions, any suggestions, any thing you want us to talk about that could put us in tangent squirrel mode, mm-hmm. you can contact us through our Twitter, podcast Twitter page at FKTCPod or message one of us individually as long as you keep it safe for work. can reach get your jits on at rain basin and you can reach ty the fly guy at ty fly guy 15 um until then protect your faces golden rule number one from laurel's kicks golden rule number two protect your necks from my throat cuddles or i guess it'd be jillian robertson's throat cuddles since she made the idea um but our biggest golden rule is never leave the decision in the hands of the judges. <laughs> um, we hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving and are able to spend it with your family and eat lots of food and fill up because once Tate versus, uh, once Kellen Vera versus Mucha Tate's over, get a little bit of a break to enjoy it. And then we get right into so the next fight card after that will be December 4th. And the main event is Rob Font versus Jose Aldo. Whoa. And then, so actually after Tate, sorry, Vieira versus Tate, we only have three more fight cards for the remainder of the year. Oh my gosh. Strap in and it's Hang on. Hang yeah. on tight. Yeah, because <laughs> the, next, the final three weeks are going to be a doozy. Yeah. But until then, we will see you all in December. Bye.